Warren Buffett, BlackRock, and other institutional players dominate investments in commercial aviation. Why? Because it's one of the most profitable and predictable alternative assets that exists. And it's not tied to other markets such as real estate and the stock market. Is it safe? Well, imagine triple net leases to the likes of American Airlines and British Airways. Income is contractual and guaranteed by some of the biggest named airlines in the world. That's why this kind of investment was never available to the ordinary accredited investor. That is until now. Visit accesswealthaviation.com and check it out for yourself. Invest in an institutional team with over 200 plus years of combined investment experience in the aviation sector. Conservative investing with double digit returns and tax advantages. That's accesswealthaviation.com. Accesswealthaviation.com. You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast coming to you from Santa Barbara, California. And today, before I get started, I do want to remind you that there's a website called wealthformula.com. And on that website, there are all sorts of resources which you have access to for free. And who doesn't love free stuff? Free books. Uh, there are webinars on there for uh, asset protection and the latest updates on the tax reforms that are coming along with this COVID nightmare of ours. You can even sign up for the Investor Club. Now, what is the Investor Club? The Investor Club is the place where the magic happens. Of course, we talk about all of the value of alternative investing in real estate and other things and the tax benefits, etc. cetera. Uh, this is where you learn. But if you're tired of being on the sidelines and you actually want to put some of this knowledge to work, Investor Club is where the magic happens. Now, of course, you do need to be an accredited investor to be part of Investor Club. And that is all you have to do is you have to qualify. You don't have to do anything. You either are accredited or you are not. You're accredited if you make $200,000 a year, $300,000 a year if filing jointly, or you have a net worth of $1 million outside of your personal residence. Now, most people uh, in our group, of course, uh, when they listen to me, uh, most of the people who are attracted to our message meet that criteria. If you do, certainly consider going to wealthformula.com, go to Investor Club, and sign up. Now, as for today, big show, wonderful show. Uh, we've had some great uh, guests recently. Of course, we had uh, Robert Kiyosaki, who is one of my, um, you know, who's really uh, the guy who started it all for me uh, a couple weeks ago, we had Ken McElroy today. Obviously, we had Tom Wheelwright in the last few weeks too. I mean, so it's been uh, it's been a a rich dad uh, influenced show here for a bit, and that's uh, that's just fine with me. As for the messaging today, I have to say that I've been on the record uh, in several shows now uh, for a while, anticipating what I've been calling sort of the tsunami following the earthquake, right? In other words, this COVID-19 thing, it's kind of like this destructive economic force that has hit us, but the aftermath may be even worse. Just like the earthquake was bad, 
that ultimately resulted in the tsunami in Fukushima and the nuclear meltdown, uh, sometimes the aftermath is worse. And um, so where do I get this idea? Well, the theory is based on historical observations of how these economic impacts kind of, you know, they hit and then there's just sort of the aftermath that people need to pay attention to. But in this case, admittedly, the problem and potential flaw in rationale is that there really isn't a situation that is truly parallel to what we now face. After all, let me ask you, when has the entire world ever shut down for business for months at a time before? Well, I can't remember any time, can you? Um, but when has the country, on the other hand, uh, you know, with the economic might of the United States flooded so much money into the system and done so much to keep businesses alive, to keep unemployment going uh, at an adequate level. When has the country paid some people more to be unemployed than to work? Now, that's not a judgment. That's a fact. I'm just saying that's what's happening. And I will tell you, I can't think of any time like this. Can you? I mean, if you can, I please tell me. The point is that beyond my predictions and 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 those of well, the other armchair economists out there who you may follow uh, in the podcast ecosystem and beyond, there is a harsh reality that we all have to remember, and that none of us, none of us, you know, influencers or whatever you want to call us, really has any idea what's going to happen. And so it's important not to become tribal in that sense and say, oh, yeah, it's definitely going to, you know, go this way or that way, because we've seen time and time again, things surprise us all the time. Sure, that tsunami I keep talking about seems likely, but it may not happen. It may not happen because, you know, say fiscal and monetary policy do their job. They do it better than expected. And all of a sudden, there's a vaccine that pops out in the fall that works. And before you know it, we have all of this money pumped in the system. And, you know, the next thing you know, uh, the economy comes back raging. It could happen. I don't think it will, but it could happen. Alternatively, the tsunami could hurt only selective parts of the economy. Oh, we see that already, right? I mean, if you're in e-commerce, if you're Amazon, you're doing just fine right now. So it could hit some areas, some assets, and leave others relatively unscathed or potentially even more valuable. So let's talk about that in terms of the multifamily real estate space, okay? That's where most of what we do in the Wealth Formula Accredited Investor Club, uh, of course, sits. And... Right now, what's weird is that we're seeing asset performance matching, if not exceeding pre-COVID levels across our portfolio. You know, the thing is, though, that our portfolio is a very specific niche. We focus on working class apartment buildings and rapidly growing red state cities such as Dallas, Phoenix, these areas that have relatively low cost of living indexes as well. Now, why does this all matter? Well, let me just give you a few examples, okay? Being in Texas or Arizona instead of California, that's that whole red state thing. 
means we don't have to worry about the red the rent strikes and 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 what the courts say about rent control and you know determining how much rent it's okay to charge the other thing population growth as i mentioned gives us a natural benefit of increasing housing demand there's always that tension now being in working class housing right now is really interesting right because there's two things that come up first we have a lot more people moving down from those, you know, A and high B uh, type real estate assets into the lower B, higher C housing. And the people in the C class uh, housing really aren't having to move down into D class. You see, our working class tenants do appear to be working, most of them. And those who are not are receiving some sort of unemployment benefits that in many cases are exceeding their typical salaries. Okay, now that's really important, especially in an area with a low cost of of living index, right? So the unemployment benefits are more than enough in some of these areas uh, to cover the cost of food and to pay rent, okay? Now, conversely, people living in A-class apartments in those areas are losing jobs and unemployment doesn't provide them uh, the same type of ability to maintain their quality of life or their same level of, you know, expenses. Anyway, that is what we're seeing right now. It really is. Um, I should add that the demand of this housing uh, has been such that we're actually raising rents. We are raising rents to pro forma. Crazy, isn't it? I mean, but it but it's true. And it, and that's just what's making this whole thing so confusing, right? The point I'm trying to make here is that when you listen to anyone right now about what's going going to happen with the economy in the next few months with anything, you know, in in the context of real estate, that's what we're talking about. But you have to listen to them in a nuanced context. You also need to remember that we have no idea what further fiscal monetary policies are going to be unleashed in the next few months uh, to further mitigate the damage to businesses, etc. Now, listen to everyone who is worth listening to, but make sure you identify the context uh, and do a little thing, you know, thinking for yourself. That's really important. And, And sometimes, again, that goes back to this, you know, I don't know. It's this tribalism kind of thing, right? Even in politics, people take a side. They don't necessarily think about things. They're on one team or another. But start thinking about stuff. But make sure you listen to some smart people. Now, one of the guys that you're going to want to listen to for sure if you're involved in the multifamily space is Ken McElroy. Uh, Ken is probably best known or became known uh, as Robert Kiyosaki's rich dad advisor on real estate. However, I listen to Ken because he is a guy who's been around for a long time as a real estate syndicator in multifamily and apartment buildings who's had a lot of success for a very, very long period of time. Now, Ken's niche is a little bit different than uh, what we typically do in Investor Club. He's in A-class and he's in new construction. Uh, But regardless, what he has to say in the larger context is critically important for us all to digest And so when we come back, uh, we will be talking to the great Ken McElroy. Worried about saving too little too late for retirement? 
The Wealth Accelerator may be exactly what you need. With the help of some of the oldest and most reliable insurance companies in the country, Wealth Accelerator allows you to take most of the upside of any good year in the stock market and use bank loans to magnify those returns significantly. And what if the stock market has a bad year? No need to fear. Wealth Accelerator is engineered so you don't participate in the losses of the market, no matter how bad of a year it is. Sounds too good to be true, right? But it's not. It's simply the same financial engineering that the ultra-wealthy have been doing for years. Now it's your turn. Check it out for yourself by going to WealthFormulaBanking.com. Again, that's WealthFormulaBanking.com. Self-storage is a necessary evil. It's where you keep your stuff and forget about it. No wonder the stuff is so profitable and recession resistant. The Wealth Formula community, well, we've benefited from that. We've made lots of money in this space with Reliant Real Estate, one of the largest self-storage companies in the country. With an average investor internal rate of return of almost 34%, with hold times just over three and a half years, these guys know what the meaning of velocity of money is. If you're an accredited investor, make sure to check out what they're up to right now at ReliantFund4.com. Again, that's ReliantFund4.com. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, my guest on Wealth Formula Podcast is Ken McElroy. Ken's been on before. He is uh, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Advisor on Real Estate, you know, and he wrote these books called The ABCs of Real Estate Investing and The Advanced Guide to Real Estate Investing. He's written several other books, including some in that are uh, completely fiction, uh, and we'll get into that as well. Uh, Ken is also uh, the founder and principal of MC Companies, which is a real estate syndication company as well. Ken, again, uh, it's been a long time since you're on the show. Welcome back. Hey, thanks, Buck. Great to be on. I appreciate it. Uh New times we're in right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I was excited to uh, to talk to you because, I mean, seriously, uh, it's it's kind of fun to talk to people who have seen more than a few cycles and then really talk about, you know, what's going on right now, I mean, for perspective. But, you know, before we start that, I mean, listen, most people already know who you are. Uh, but for those who don't, or maybe just read your books, but don't really know much about MC companies and kind of what you're doing yeah, within the real estate realm, do you want to give us just a little bit of perspective? Sure, sure. Well, I, I started like a lot of people, you know, with no no real money and didn't know how to raise it and used my own to buy my first deal, which was a two-bedroom, two-bath. That was years ago. Um, since then, Bach, you know, we've bought well over a billion dollars worth of real estate and built so we're a commercial uh, multifamily group. So we do uh, apartments. Uh, so we build them, buy them, renovate them, manage them, um, you know, and we're a general contractor. So we have about 250 folks that work for us in the management company. And, and all we do is, is uh, buy multifamily. I, I also have some office and some self-storage. And, you know, I've done, done those for years. And, uh, you know, we're land development. So all those things over a span of, uh, you know, a short 30 years. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, learned a lot. And along the way, uh, you know, Robert Kiyosaki and I met, uh, gosh, going on 20 years ago, I guess, uh, I was already well, um, you know, in, into the, into the business and, and buying stuff and, and owning mm -hmm. stuff. And, and, uh, he asked me to write the book and I wrote a series of books and, you know, that took me on a whole other journey, you know, <laughs> yeah. which, which uh, yeah. was very, very fun and still is. You know, I talked to Robert almost every yeah. single day. Yeah. 
fortuitous, uh, fortuitous in many ways for everyone involved. I mean, you yeah, know, I know. yeah, it's been for, great. Yeah, the for, whole thing, the whole process has been a yeah. blessing, honestly, for for a lot of folks. Yeah, no, that's great. So, um, you know, having exposure to uh, mostly multifamily, uh, you also mentioned some office and some of the other things that you're doing with this whole, uh, you know pandemic uh, that we have um you know what's happened to your business i mean what i mean you can never prepare for something like this exactly like this because it was a truly a an event that i don't well listen i think some documentaries might have predicted a couple years yeah. ago but but you know it's an event that we probably didn't see coming so so tell tell us about your business what's happened in the last few months and uh uh and and how it's been going well, first of all, I want to, I want to first point out that these things happen in real estate. Yeah. You know, it's, this one's a virus and you know, now it's rioting. So a little different, but, um, on top of the virus, uh, but the truth is this is an economic downturn, a recession, you know, um, a lot of the very, some very, very different things, but very, very many same things. And so, you know, uh, probably the one that a lot of people will remember was 2008. You know, uh, you know, when 2008 hit, it was a bank bailout. And as you know, and Lehman Brothers and all that stuff happened during that time, we were right in the fray as well. And, you know, our first, uh, our first issue was to basically preserve the asset, sure. you know, and preserve the investors and, and you know, make, maintain our mortgage payments and all that. And so we first reached out to our, our residents and said, Hey, you know, we know a lot of you maybe have lost your jobs and you know, there were all kinds of things happening during that time. And so we, uh, we built a community around that and then we worked with everybody. And so for us, when this happened, we did the exact same thing. We just went right back to the community of the people. Uh, we, at that time I knew I said, something's going to happen. I in no way, could have predicted this, yeah, right. but I, you know, the market was already yeah. super hot. Yeah. It was very, very hard to buy. Ross and I, as you know, have been trying to buy for two years and we, mm -hmm. you know, we thought people were overpaying the last couple of years. So we were kind of out of the market and we were building. And so we were kind of watching and waiting for this, you know, some kind of an economic downturn to happen. And, and it just happens to be this. And so for us, we already were in place with, with reserves uh, with, with excess cash, you know, and all those things. Sure. What we didn't know uh, when it, you know, when everything got locked down, you know, call it mid March, we didn't know how long it would last. We didn't know if people would pay, not pay, you know, I mean, the government was telling people, that, you know, they couldn't open their businesses and weren't working and all those kinds of things. And we didn't know initially if people were going to get money. So, you know, all that did happen. You know, we ended up collecting 99% in April, you know, 99% in May. Our occupancy has almost stayed the same. Uh, you know, we've, we've learned how to lease online virtually, collect rent. You know, we were already moving that direction. The biggest issue, although at the beginning, Buck, we thought, okay, you know, we did stress tests on all of our projects and said, you know, what's our, which basically means expenses plus debt. 
you know, what's that break-even occupancy? So, mm-hmm. you know, in, in some cases it was in the 40s and 50s because we're not pretty, we're not heavily leveraged on a lot of our stuff. Right. And that is also by design, yeah. you know, because yeah. I know things happen. So if occupancy falls 10%, 20%, you know, I'm, am I worried? Yes, but I'm not going to lose anything because, sure. you know, this was part of preparation and owning things. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, um, it, it's interesting that you mentioned basically that, you know, you're, this is, this is the thing I've been telling a lot of business owners and investors around me as well, uh, Ken, and they say, well, you know, as you know, um, you know, our group, uh, wealth formula investor club is, you know, partnered with some others that, you know, like Western wealth capital and, and Dave Steele in those cases. And, um, people have been really surprised that how strong, uh, you know, these assets are performing. They have essentially, like you said, pretty much, you know, 99% performance of before COVID. Um, but it almost seems a little bit too good to be true in some respects, right? Now, I've been telling my my listeners that COVID-19, at least this initial part, is it's sort of like an earthquake, right? And who survived this earthquake? And But there's also frequently in, after an earthquake, a tsunami, Right. There's a tsunami like, for example, in and Fukushima and, and, and then all of a sudden you have a nuclear reactor that goes down. You have all of these after effects. And it seems to me that we haven't even really scratched the surface on that part yet. Do you agree with that? Oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about real estate specifically, you, you know, if you think about it, the real estate fills a need for the people not the other way around. So, you know, it's, it's only as good as who can afford it and pay for it, you know? And so, and so that's, you know, my big concern, be quite honest, is going to be September, October, right? you know, because the, you know, the stimulus money is going to run out, you you know, who knows how many businesses are going to reopen. We know we're over 40 million. So uh, unemployed. So, I think it's somewhere between 30 and 40% or not. So, you know, that's, you know, call it 10 million, 12 million more on top of the 5.8 that we started. So, you know, we're looking at a 15 to 20 million person unemployment rate. And I think that stimulus money is going to go away. That's actually, I think when you're going to start to see, you know, basically who's swimming naked, you know, when the water, when the tide goes out and the government stops funding, employers and people, you know, you're going to see, as you know, I don't know if you follow savings, personal savings, I follow it. You know, personal savings is the highest it's ever been since the seventies. Yep. And that's because people are afraid they're hoarding cash right now. At the end of the day, what people do buck is they, they need a place to live, Mm -hmm. you know? And so they might downsize, they might double up, you know, there's all these things happening, but at the same time, People are working from home, you know, and, you know, and, and so they're setting up their home offices and their, you know, the, their home communication, you know, so they need more space. And so in, in a weird way, roommates are actually moving out and getting uh, two places. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of, unfortunately, divorces during this time. And so that creates, that's a, that's a real estate uh uh, move to, you know, or two people go to one or I'm sorry, the other way around one, you know, one household goes to two. So there's, there's all these things happening right now. And, um, you know, I wouldn't want to be in a cord, you know, high rise, uh, in, you know, in, in a city center. 
Yeah. But I think the garden style stuff that we do, you know, that you, you've been involved with it, stuff that Dave does, mm-hmm. I have a tremendous respect, you know, for Dave, as you know, mm-hmm. I, I've known him for 20 plus years and, um, you know, uh, it, what people don't know about real estate, uh, folks like myself, like Dave, is we pick up the phone and talk best practices. You know, we're not, I don't consider ourselves competitors at all. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, we're all, one, one of the cool things that happened is we're on the, I'm, I was on the board of the National Apartment Association and the National Multi-Housing Association. And I was on an email chain, started off in, in mid-May or mid, mid-March. I don't even know how I got on it. There was hundreds of people on this thing. And they were just sending out, hey, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing this. It was best practices from from all the biggest management companies and all the biggest landlords in the country. Yep. And I mean, everybody just stepped up and were sharing, you know, here's how we're handling this. And people were doing Q and A's out on this email chain. It was awesome, you know, and, and being part of an association like that, you know, really we brought a lot of those, a lot of those things to our own organization, but we, we literally changed our company in, in a two week period. Yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing that I think it's worth mentioning, um, because you, you know, you talked about, um, you know, Western wealth capital and Dave Steele's business too. And, and you, the, the market selection, I think was really fortuitous as well. I mean, listen, uh, I think we're always looking in areas that are, you know, not California typically are landlord friendly, et cetera. Uh, I live in California and I have uh, investors who live in California who are very worried because their California assets, you know, there's rent strikes and all these things going on. It, it It's not necessarily the same across the entire country right now, is it? No, gosh, no, not even close. You know, uh, rent control was a thing it literally before all this happened. Like, and, and the reason that it came up, was because, uh, you know, as landlords and, and management companies and owners and general partners, we had incredible rent growth, you know, for a 10-year run. Like, right. we were all like, I mean, honestly, if, if you bought something, you know, and then went on vacation, you come back, it's, you know, the rents are more. Like, yeah. you know, it was not a complicated business. It's about ready to be very difficult business, uh, and you're going to start to see who the really good management companies are. Because um, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of strategy around keeping people et cetera et cetera et cetera, and and so you know I think you know I think that's what, what you're going to see next yeah. is you, you know is, is you're going to have fallout buck for sure there's yep. going to be people that can't pay and you know they're in the uh, you know I'm really concerned about my office and retail guys I got a lot of friends in sure. that business sure you know um, they're they're really hurting. So assume uh, what you and I both have a hunch about, the tsunami happens, all right? And we start seeing a lot of defaults. Um, In that case, you know, uh, it it just seems like the number of defaults would be so humongous. What what does Fannie or Freddie, what, what do they do in that scenario? I mean, they're... There's already some forbearance options out there. They're not terribly uh, attractive, and they also don't want to create sort of a, a moral hazard, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, 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 what do they do? What do you think they'll do? Well, I think first you got to take a look at the, you know, the bubble that we are in. You know, as a, as the market got bigger and the and the balloon just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, it comes out. It comes down the same way. Mm-hmm. So even though, you know, all we're hearing about on the news is all these things and, you know, what happens back is it, it's like 
it's like death of a thousand cuts, literally, mm-hmm. you, you know? So the first thing that'll happen is you'll start to see concessions, which you're already starting to see. And you'll only see them in some markets versus other markets. Like you're obviously going to see a massive vacancy in concession market in like downtown Seattle and, and downtown San Francisco and downtown New York, for example, because mm-hmm. you have migration, you know, rolling out of there. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you might have a rural property, you know, 30 minutes away, that's chocker full. You know what I mean? Just right. is no issue. And so you're going to, what you're going to see is you'll start to see it in concessions, which is essentially rent loss. You know, you can call it whatever you want, but you know, we're seeing it in, in Scottsdale, Arizona here where um, on some of the new construction, you know, uh, one, one, uh, one building that just recently opened has 300 vacant units. So they're doing two months free on a 12 month lease. Okay. Mm. So, you know, that's 200, $200 a month yeah. off. Right. So that's what that is. So you're going to start to see that now they might fill up based on that, or they might not, you know what I mean? And so that'll start pulling down on the B's and then the C's. So, you know, the A, you know, the A class first, and as people also move into the B's, you know, cause you know, they want to save four or 500 a month. So all that's going to happen. Uh, but there's going to be some, some buildings that will be, you will com- be completely surprised by and others that will just get hammered. And, uh, and it's almost all about migration and where people are moving and where they're going and whether or not there's enough people to fill the vacancies. And so it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be hard to figure out, but um, it, is, will, it will definitely happen. And then what will happen is, you know, the ones that the, the, any property that was based on a value-add strategy is in trouble. So anything that was bought in the last couple of years that, hey, we're, we're buying this for 150000 or 180000 a unit, and we think it's going to be worth two hundred or two ten or two twenty. And the rents are going to go from 1500 to 1700 or whatever it is. And we're going to put 10 grand in those are in trouble because rent growth, um, you know, value adds are not happening right now. And so as a company, we had about 10 million going in renovations. I stopped it on March 15th. I said, no more renovations because I want to see, and um, you know, people aren't, you know, before, like I said, you, you know, throw some new cabinets and new flooring and, you know, all the stuff in yeah. there and boom, they were rented. It's a different time now. You know, so, I got to ask you though, it's weird. And I know your, your business is a, you know, it's, it's a, you're typically now like a class in new construction, right? Yep. Um, uh, what we, we actually have been finding the value add paradoxically, I would have never believed this Ken, but it, it seems to be still working in this sort of working class, you know, B minus C plus area. It's really unusual. Do you think there's something just about the demographics here that? Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, of course. Are you going to find a, a value add somewhere that's working? Yeah, yeah, most likely. Right. You know. Right. And, and but there, as a general rule, rent growth is not going to happen sure. over the next couple of sure. years. And so, you know, that's what value add is. Right. You know, it's. And so, you know, call it, call it classics or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, the classic unit of what you bought is probably an option for a lot of people that are in the value add. They might move back into the classic. Sure. So, you know, and, you know, is it possible? Of course, you know? Yeah. Of course. No, you know, what's interesting to me is that we, we of course are, you know, interested in real estate, particularly multifamily, 
But if you look at the other markets out there, right, the other asset classes, um, particularly I'm looking at the stock market, and I'm not a stock market investor, and I know you're not big into it either, but, you know, you look at it, and it's only about, you know, 10 12% off all-time highs. Today, I think, despite being in the pandemic, despite, you know, the social unrest across the U.S., you've got a 500-point r- rise in the uh, in the Dow. Um a lot of this, uh, I suspect, and I think uh, it's fair to say, is because the uh, investors have this sort of unusual uh, confidence in maybe the Fed, maybe in, you know, not only in monetary policy, but also in fiscal policy. What do you make of that? Because obviously markets are correlated to a certain degree, right? What do you make of that? Does that affect does that affect real estate at all if if it seems like the equity markets actually are not taking a beating? They may, of course, later on as well, but let's assume that they just stay relatively stable. Does that make a difference to us? Well, there's no doubt. Uh, I mean, you know, people park their wealth all over. So, you know, we have, you know, 1,500 investors or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, these are folks that have money with us. They might have money with, you know, Dave, they, you know, they have money in some retail, they have you know money in the stock market and they're heavily in equities. And, you know, they're all over the place. You know, these, everybody has their own investment strategy. Mm-hmm. So, so what we are hearing from our own investors is that a lot of them got clobbered in the stock market, you know, initially. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where they stand today. Um, you know, everybody's got a different makeup on what they're invested in. But the, the truth is, is when, when people take a hit financially, then they don't invest, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're hunkered down and they're going to, they, you know, that's, that's, a, that's what happened in 08. That's what, gonna, that's what's happening now. You, you know, it'd be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how many folks are, you know, still on that list are able Mm-hmm. You know, um, because some got really hurt, some didn't get hurt at all, probably. So, you know, and we're, we've we've heard all kinds of stories. You know, like you know, like you talk to your investors all the time. So do we? You know, and we're on. You know, we have a full we have full time people. You know, just talking to our investors about right, you know, right. distributions and all that. And so, we're you know we're hearing from them, and a lot of them got. I mean, we have people that said, "I, I need to sell all my shares." because they got hurt and, you know, and the real estate's doing pretty well. And they, you know, you know, so we have that, uh, you know, there's all kinds of scenarios. It just depends on where people had their money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, I'm, I'm also curious too, knowing that you guys are doing really well in multifamily, our groups, uh, continue to be strong in terms of performance so far. Say this, say this, um, Somehow, miraculously, we we have a relatively soft landing as we move forward here. Does that uh, and and we don't have a lot of bumps because it, you know right now, you know most good operators uh, seem to be doing okay, right? Um, is it possible that because of that and because of sort of that resilience that multifamily could see a paradoxical rise in prices after this all happens, almost as a safe haven? I mean. Anything's possible, you know, but yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I, I think when you got, you know, let's don't forget the, the people who are renting from us are going to be, many of them are going to be unemployed right now. They're propped up 
artificially, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with cash from the government. Yep. And, you know, they're going to be, you know, that's going to determine a lot. You know, those are, those are real people. Uh, a lot of them renters, a lot of them homeowners and a lot of them business owners. And, you know, what happens when the money stops? You yeah. know, th- those are the people that pay us. So I, I think that, um, you know, is it possible? Absolutely. You, you know, like yeah. I said, you, you, there's always, a, you can find one property. I'm sure it's going to be just fine. I will tell you the ones of mine that have done great are my senior properties because they're mm-hmm. not really plugged in. You know, they're already getting their retirement money. Sure. And, um, you know, we never, they never missed a beat, not one of them because, you know, they already had their fixed incomes already set up. Some of them were in the stock market, but they had pensions and social security and all these other things that were rolling in for them. Those are the ones in our case that have done the best, but we have properties that are heavily service-based, you know, restaurant, tourism, you know, airlines, for example, what are they going to do? You know, right now they're furloughed and they're getting money. What happens when they don't? So, you know, those are real, those are real things. And so I think real estate multifamily is going to take it in the chin, you know, in certain markets and certain markets are going to be great. You know, like, uh, like I, it's interesting. I'm not a big fan of Cleveland personally, but Cleveland clinic is booming Mm -hmm. as you would imagine, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, the, the, I know, I know friends that are buying there and they're killing it. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, nothing. We haven't missed a beat there, as you know. I mean, being a physician, how right. strong Cleveland Clinic is. So right. it's going to be based on that. Uh, when will we know? When would you say, like, what signals to you that it's when it is time to buy? Because even when, okay, say, uh, as you and I have both suggested, that there are some defaults coming, maybe in September and October, you start seeing some defaults, you start seeing some distress. But at that point, is it still a falling knife? Uh, at what point do you know that it's okay to get back in? Well, so there's, I, I think that, I think that you got to, 2020 is going to be a, an observation time. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, if I own something, for example, Buck, and I have, I'm having a tough time paying the mortgage, I'm talking to the lender right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm probably working on that, and, you know, and so what happens is, again, death of a thousand cuts. The first thing that happens is the landscaper doesn't get paid and the advertising doesn't get paid. Then, you know, and it kind of works its way up and then you cut back on your payroll. And then, the you know, then now you basically have three things. You have your insurance, your property taxes, and your mortgage, and you have to pay those. And when those start to uh, tank, then the lender starts to get involved and then the foreclosure process can be, you know, a while. So, but most, most people in the multifamily space are not going to just come turn the keys over, you know, Mm -hmm. like in a home, it's not, that's not how it works. It's, it's a slow progressive thing and they're going to be working with the lender and trying to restructure the loan. And, you know, can we get rid of principal and just do interest only? And can we lower the interest rate and can we put the forbearance on the back end? And, you know, can we draw this out? Can we do blah, 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 blah. And so the, the lender's either going to say no or yes. And that's going to put stress on the asset or not, you know, all while the ownership group's going to fire a management company, bring on another one, fire another one, bring another one on, mm-hmm. you know, thinking that they can, you know, bring in some miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all that's going to happen and it's going to happen this year and next year. 
And um, personally, I wouldn't even start looking uh, for about a year. Got it. So uh, let's shift gears a little bit. I, you know, I, you were nice enough to send me a copy of a, a book that you wrote recently, and I was surprised because it was fiction. How did you get into fiction? Tell us about the book. Yeah. And, and, uh, so thanks. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I'll tell you, first of all, I, I, you know, I think that's my sixth book. And, and so, you know, there's books that are super technical, how to do this, how to buy a real estate, how to this, you know, how to get a mortgage, all those kinds of things. Nothing wrong with those. They're great. I, I've written those. One on property management, one on, you know, two on real estate. And, and mm-hmm. so what, what I wanted to do, Buck, was I wanted to, some of the best books ever, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, What Colors Your Parachute, Who Moved My Cheese, you know, those books uh, and many others, they're stories. And, you know, and those are the, they have what, what we call, you know, staying power year to year to year to year. And, you know, sometimes like if you look at, because uh, I, I actually own a book publishing company too. Mm-hmm. And so I've been able to watch and I've been to New York a zillion times and these book fairs and book shows and talk to publishers and authors and all that. The autobiographies they're you know, they're kind of like, they go up, boom, done, you know, up, down, up, yeah. down, you know, and, and, and some books, you know, go for a long period of time. And then there's people, you know, like Napoleon Hill, mm-hmm. you know, that's more of a philosophy book, you know, that's, you know continues to chug along really, really well. And same Rich Dad Poor Dad was in that category and being good friends with Robert, you know, I said, you know, I obviously I, I said, how do you, you know, how did you make that happen? He said, well, you just got to take real business principles and stick them in a story, you know, like the monopoly game and Rich yeah. Dad Poor Dad. And so that's what I was trying to do in this book was, um, you know, do, work a story around, you know, real things that are happening. And, Boy, I'll tell you that it's the book's just taken off so far. You know, we've gotten a really, really good review from Publishers Weekly, and uh, you know, people are loving it. And, and then I would, could have never timed this pandemic because basically the book's about a fifty-year-old guy that loses a job at fifty. You know, and he doesn't have any really real assets. <laughs> and it's, that's it's, essentially what the book's about. And then his dad was an entrepreneur, and he's trying to put his daughter through college, and his his ex-wife is an entrepreneur, and you know, he's like, you know, he went the old corporate route, and so. You know, so I was able to weave things in like inflation and yeah. currency, you know, like the printing of money, even though I, I put it in the book and, you know, here we are. Yeah. So stuff like that, you know, real things that happen in history that sometimes people forget. And um, it's and the best part is, is it's all centered around a property that I own, uh, which is called Orchard Canyon. It's a resort mm-hmm. that I own in Sedona. And, um, and the book know, is so called uh, Return, Return to Orchard Canyon. Yeah. So it's a real resort. It's been around for a hundred years in Arizona. It's kind of an iconic place. And we, we were actually full for the entire year uh, until this happened. And then we you know, return all those deposits and close. And yeah. so, you know, that's another uh, asset that I own, but uh, you know, it's, it's honestly, it's, it was written in a way that hopefully I just did a, I don't know if you know, the real estate guys, um, mm-hmm. yeah. they did a, a big mastermind book study with, uh, like a hundred people or something. And then I did a zoom call for all of them. And mm. that was really cool to hear everybody's perspective. Yeah. asking me questions. Why yeah. did I put that in the book? Why did I put that in the book? And it's, um, you know, s- sometimes real estate books are technical and boring. And yeah. so I was trying to, I was trying to open people's minds up through story. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, and I, obviously, you know, your commitment to, uh, 
to education there and it's just you know understanding how best to teach people um you know speaking of education tell us about you know you've got some other educational channels right some other ways uh, you can learn yeah yeah, yeah. Well, well, I have a new another book coming out uh-huh. called "The ABCs of Buying Rental Property." That's coming out in September. Um, my I started this YouTube channel just recently, mm-hmm. and boy, that's taken off like crazy. You, you know, and, and because obviously we're on lockdown, I'm like, well, it's time to teach people. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, so obviously that, and then KenMacquar.com. You know, we've got videos and educational videos and all that there. But we've just been, I've been on an education terror, man. I'm working on another book with Robert Kiyosaki called The Infinite Return. I've got this Be Infinite shirt. Um, oh, know, cool. Uh, you know, which is fun. As you know, that's what you do. Yeah, um, yeah, right, right. I'm having fun right now just pumping this stuff out. And I, gosh, I don't know. I, I just put a video out. I got 350 views, 350,000 views. 350,000. Like wow. Two weeks or something. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know why or how, you know, but I don't know how that works, but I mean, anyway, I'm just having fun. No, that's great. Um, and obviously the one last thing that you, you, uh, you left out was that if you want to, we have, uh, if you're interested in finding out what Ken does on the, you know, and becoming part of his investor list, we have a lot of accredited investors, uh, in our group and make sure to visit it's mccompanies.com, right? That's where you would sign up for, uh, you know, uh, if you're interested in, in investing with you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. So yeah, mccompanies.com. And, uh, I, uh, I'm personally an investor with Ken. I, he's one of the few people out there I would trust my money with as well. Ken, thanks so much for being on the show today. It's been great, uh, having your perspective. Mark, I, I always love your questions. You know, you're always, I think, a little bit more ahead than a lot of people. You know, you're, you're trying to figure out um, and looking forward. So I, I always enjoy being on your show. So thank you. Thank you. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to the show, everyone. Ken is such a great guy, right? And uh, I do encourage you accredited investors to get on his list. Um, I should also point out that Ken is uh, the one who really helped me solidify my decision uh, to partner with Dave Steele, as he talked about with Western Wealth Capital. As you can tell from that discussion, Ken thinks very highly of Dave, and I have to tell you that you know that blessing was critically important for me as they became such a big part of what we do in Investor Club. I should also point out that while I agree with much of what Ken has to say, there are, again, nuances in how the different classes of even multifamily real estate are going to be affected uh, by what happens in the next few months. And from where I stand in the working class apartment world, I don't know exactly what's going on because right now I'm not seeing any indication of distress. I'm not seeing any indication of decreased performance, and we're not seeing sellers discount anything for that reason. Now, that could change really quickly. I mean, it really could. I have no idea. But it's quite possible that we won't have much of a correction in working class residential buildings. And if, you know, in fact, the performance during this period, as I alluded to in the inter- in the interview, makes me think, is it possible that investors start viewing what we do more and more as a safe haven and that could even uh, push it uh, even to become a more expensive asset class. I don't know. I'm not saying that it's what's going to happen, but I don't see why it couldn't. Bottom line is, you know, I've said it before, 
that none of us are smart enough to know what happens next in these unparalleled times. Listen to smart people. Think for yourself. But bottom line is, as Yogi Berra said, it's tough to make predictions, especially about the future. That's it for me this week on Wealth Formula Podcast. This is Buck Joffrey signing off. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time. Buck Joffrey here from Safe with Buck Joffrey. Aging might become reversible over the next 10 to 20 years. It's already being done in lab animals, so it's just a matter of time. Our challenge? To be healthy enough for when that time comes. As a former scientist and surgeon myself, my goal is to figure out how to do that and to share it with you. I wrote a book called Living Longer for Busy People that you can download for free at sapiopodcast.com. You'll be amazed at just how a few daily adjustments can add years of a healthy life for you. Again, download it for free, sapiopodcast.com.